Welcome to Living Word Church. Let's hear from Pastor Ben as he teaches from the Gospel of John in our Eternal Word series. I've titled the message this morning, The the Man Who Mocked Majesty. The Man Who Mocked Majesty. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together, as we said earlier, to worship you. It's why we gather. And now, Lord, we are gathering around your word. Lord, we're going to open your word, and we're going to read it, and we're going to explain it. And Lord, and by your grace, Lord, we're going to apply it in our lives. And I pray that you would speak to every heart. Lord, you have spoken most clearly through your word, and Lord, may we be receptive to it. May we also not just be hearers only, but doers of your word. And I thank you for this privilege that we have, and I pray that you would help me this morning to open my mouth, to preach your word, and to exalt Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So several years ago, a NASA astronaut took over as the head of a major airline, and he was determined to make the airline, their service department, the best in the industry. And so he's new, he's a new boss. Not, not everyone actually knew that he was the, the boss yet, and he decided to show up to the headquarters, to the main offices of this airline. So he shows up, and he's walking around, and he's excited to be there and to meet the new employees that he's going to be leading as the head of this airline. And as he's walking around, he can hear a phone ringing. And it's just ringing, and it's ringing, and it's ringing. So he starts walking closer in the direction of the phone, and and it's just ringing incessantly, and it won't stop. And as he gets closer to where the noise is of the phone ringing, he sees a young man kick back in his chair with his legs on top of the desk and the phone ringing right next to him on the desk. The guy looks completely relaxed, like he's not bothered by the ringing of the phone. And this young man's new boss says to the young man, are you going to answer that? And the young man looks at his boss that he didn't realize was his boss and says, no, it's not my responsibility. I work in maintenance. And the boss looked at him and says, not anymore. (laughs) And so what we see in this story, this illustration, is that this young man did not understand the seriousness of that moment. He failed to understand the weight of that moment. He failed to understand that that walking into the room was the boss. The boss was walking into the room. The one that was in charge was walking into the room. The one who could hire him or fire him, the one who could promote him because of his diligence and faithfulness was walking into the room, or the one who could look at his laziness and fire him was right there. And he didn't recognize the seriousness, the weightiness of the moment that he found himself in. And this employee did not respond correctly to that moment. And this is what we're going to see in our text today in John 18. As we continue our journey through the Gospel of John and, and Christ's journey to the cross, we have Jesus just finishing his Sanhedrin trial, the trial before the Jewish authorities where he went to Annas and then to Caiaphas. And now he's going to go to Pilate, and what's what we're going to look at this morning, then he's going to go to Herod, and then Herod's going to send him back to Pilate, and then we're going to go to the cross. But this is the first portion of the trial before Rome. This is Pilate is going to, the Roman governor is going to, 
investigate Jesus, the one that is over Judea and Jerusalem. And as this interrogation unfolds, we'll see that just like this young man who failed to see the seriousness of the moment with his boss in the room, we're going to see that Pilate failed to see the seriousness of the moment that he found himself in. He failed to to recognize who was in front of him, to truly understand the gravity and the weightness of who it was that was standing in front of him. And and he, he saw that he was an authority, but he failed to see who Christ was. He failed to recognize the moment. And what we're going to see this morning is three reasons why Pilate's response to Jesus didn't rise to the level that it needed. Three reasons why Pilate's response to Jesus in his interrogation failed to rise to the moment. He failed to respond correctly to Christ. Three reasons. So why didn't Pilate understand the seriousness of the moment? Well, because Pilate was bothered by Jesus. Pilate was bothered by Jesus. That's the first thing we see. He was bothered by Jesus. Look, let's look at our text, John 18, starting at verse 28, and you'll see, you'll see for yourself in this text that Pilate was bothered by Jesus. Let's look at our text. Verse 28, then, Jesus, then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Jesus is now, as I said earlier, He's walking into the first leg, first part of his Roman interrogation. The Sanhedrin knows at this point that they can't put someone to death. As they are under Roman rule, the Roman governance, it would be against the law for them to put someone to death. Rome is the one that had the power of the death penalty. And they know this. But, you know, if you fast forward, you think further after the resurrection, they didn't have a hard time stoning someone to death. Do you remember Stephen? So, so really, the heart of this is hypocrisy. We're going to look at the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin in a couple of weeks here. But, but they're, they're, they're going to abide by the law now. And so they realize that they need the cooperation of Rome to put Jesus to death. Rome can do it. And bringing Jesus to Pilate is the first step towards convincing Rome to kill Jesus for them. They want him dead. And so they bring him to Pilate, and Pilate asks, he says, and this is the first thing that any good judge would say, well, what's the accusation? What's the charge? What are you saying that he did? What did this man do? And the Jewish authorities respond. Now, now notice, notice what I, I, I sense in this text. What I see here is a little bit of sarcasm, a little bit of, of control by the Sanhedrin towards Pilate. Notice what they say. If he wasn't guilty, we wouldn't have brought him to you. So, so, so first of all, the Sanhedrin, the Jewish authorities, will not go into the governor's headquarters because they would be defiled, according to their traditions, that they'd be defiled and couldn't eat Passover if they went in there. And so they make Pilate come out. So, so I can imagine the scene. I can picture the, the scene. Word gets to Pilate in his quarters. Hey, the Jews are back again, and they, they want to talk to you about something. So he comes out there. He's like, all right, guys, what is it? What's the deal? Well, look, we have this guy named Jesus, and and we want you to judge him. We want 
we're bringing him to you. He's like, well, what's the charge? What's the, what's the accusation? What, what did he do? And then they look at him and say, hey, if we brought him to you, he's guilty. Right? Why don't you believe us? I mean, this is, this is what the text is saying here. In essence, they're, they're saying if he wasn't guilty, we wouldn't have brought him to you. He's guilty. We have charged him as guilty before the trial. He's guilty before the trial. And Pilate, Pilate answers them. Pilate's answer really reveals his frustration with the people. Notice what he says next. Take him yourselves and judge him. What does that mean? I think it means he's saying this. Why are you bringing your problem to me? I don't have time for this. Pilate was bothered by this. I, I, I don't want to deal with this. Now, you've got to know a little bit of history to understand why Pilate was bothered by this. Pilate was not the greatest governor over Judea and Jerusalem. Historically, we know that there was a couple of riots that broke out because of the Jews and because of his rule and his authority and the way that he mishandled his authority. And, and the Jews were known to complain to Caesar, get word back to Caesar because of Pilate. And so this is not a loving relationship between Pilate and the Sanhedrin. And he doesn't like them, and they don't like him, and, and he doesn't want to deal with him and deal with Jesus, and they want to manipulate him and use him and control him. So what I see here is manipulation. What I see here is control. They have something over Pilate, and you can see it in this text. And he says, look, I don't want to deal with this. You judge him by your own law. Judge him by your own law. Now, what's interesting here is that the Jews could have walked away and said, hey, we had the stamp of approval from Rome. Let's kill Jesus. But you know what's amazing about this? What's amazing about this is that had they went ahead and did that, it would have, it would have violated what Scripture had already declared. It would have violated what Jesus had already said. Now, notice, look back to our text. The Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So something to understand, when, when, Jews, when the Jews would put people to death, they would stone them to the ground. They would stone them. They would be stoning them down. When Rome put people to death, they would raise them up. Just think about that. What did Jesus say, John 12, 32 through 33? And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. When I am lifted up, he wasn't to be thrown down and stoned by the Jews. He was to be lifted up on a cross. Isn't that powerful? God's sovereign plan was unfolding, and Pilate was being pressed into this drama. And he was bothered by it. You, you take care of it. And they pressed him, no, 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 we got to be, we got to be legal. We got to be right. The, the, the Roman law says we can't put people to death, so you got to do it. You know, there, there have been many other people just like Pilate in the scriptures that had no time for Jesus. No time, I'm bothered by Jesus. I don't have time for that. I don't want to deal with this. Jesus, I have other things I, I need to do to take care of. There are many other people. One of them I thought of was Martha. Do you remember Martha and Mary? Jesus comes to visit Luke 10. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister 
has left me to serve alone, tell her then to help me. Martha, distracted, no time. Jesus is here, and in this moment, now it's different reasons. Martha is busy serving because she has a gift of service. She desires to serve. But Pilate, he's distracted. He's busy. He doesn't have time to deal with Jesus. I'm bothered by Jesus. You remember the, the parable of the ten virgins, five that were wise, five that were unwise, Matthew 25. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all, came, all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. The bridegroom is here. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Drowsy, sleepy, no time to be prepared for Christ's return. No time, distracted, busy. This is Pilate. Certainly he had a lot on his plate as a, uh, as a governor of the, the Judea region and over Jerusalem, certainly had a lot to think about and to deal with, and who knows all the different responsibilities. He doesn't have time to deal with this. And these Jewish authorities, they are, I can see it, they're trying to manipulate me again. They're trying, maybe they're going to go to Caesar again as they went before, complain about me. Maybe I'm going to lose my post. He had all these reasons to be distracted, to be bothered, to be bothered by Jesus. No time. You know what's interesting is that Pilate, should have known and would have known about all the rumors about Jesus. Perhaps he knew about the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the stories about the things that Jesus had done, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Certainly that news would have spread and Pilate would have heard. It was his responsibility to over that region, so word would have gotten back to him. Certainly he should have stopped and had time to investigate. Well, oh, this is, this is the Jesus. The one who did this and that and walked on water and raised the dead, but he had no time. He had misplaced priorities, more important matters to attend to, more important things to attend to. There's a group of friends that went deer hunting, and they paired off by twos at the start of the day. They all went their separate directions. And that night, one of the hunters returned alone, staggering under the weight of an eight-point buck. He's by himself. So one of the other hunters at the camp says, where's Harry? The guy says, well, Harry had a stroke of some kind, and he's a couple of miles back up the trail. You left Harry there, and you carried the deer back? Well, I figured no one was going to steal Harry. misplaced priorities, too distracted, no time. In reality, Pilate should have been seeking the Jewish authorities, should have been the other way around. Pilate should have been seeking the Jewish authorities to have an audience with Jesus. But he had many other priorities that occupied his life. And I think the same could be true for us today. What about us today? Are we, are we like Pilate or, or are we like This ruler who had no time to ponder and stop and think deeply about Christ. Maybe there are some here today, you're here because you were asked to come here by your spouse. But you don't have time to really consider Jesus. You you know, there are people, a lot of people who will attend church and, and and they're here physically, but they're disconnected spiritually. 
They're here physically, but mentally and emotionally and spiritually, they're disconnected because I don't have time. I, there's a Super Bowl coming. There's a party coming after. And, and so I've got things to do, places to go, wings to cook in my air fryer. It's time to go. There are other things that are more significant in our life from time to time. And I can imagine Pilate's thoughts when the chief priest came knocking on the door. I, oh, I don't have time for this at all. Be gone with your problems, you troublemakers, riots you've caused, rat me out to Caesar. Pilate was bothered by Jesus. This is why he didn't rise to the occasion when he saw Christ. He was bothered by Jesus because Jesus was imposing on his time. Pilate begins now to question Jesus, and then he begins to be baffled. Jesus. He was bothered, but now he's baffled. Look back to our text. You'll see he's confused. Pilate is, is bothered. He's baffled. He's confused. Look back to the text. So Pilate entered his headquarters again, verse 33, and called Jesus to, and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, am, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. Wow. Pilate relents and goes along with investigating Jesus himself. And so what's Pilate's first question? He, he says, he gives in. All right, you're not going to do it according to your law. Fine, fine. Let's come in. All right, Jesus, let's go in. Let's, let's, let's talk. What's your first question? What's Pilate's first question? Are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king of the Jews? Why did Pilate ask this question? Because this was the charge that the Jewish authorities were leveling against Jesus. Listen, they were trying to say that Jesus was a blasphemer and an insurrectionist. That's the charge. They're trying to say, listen, they're trying to say that he was a blasphemer, so according to their law, he deserved death. But they're also saying that he was an insurrectionist, and this is what they're leaning on to try to get Rome to crucify Jesus, because he's an insurrectionist. He doesn't respect Caesar. Caesar was a god. There's only one king, and it was Caesar. And so they're saying, hey, this guy is saying he's a king. There's only one king in their mind, according to Rome. But Luke's account shows why Pilate asked this question. Luke's account of this interrogation, Luke 23 then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ a king. Do you, do you see it? The Jewish authorities were playing Pilate. They knew that they would get his attention with this. They knew that his interest would be piqued, and that's why he asked first, So, so are you a king? That's what they're saying about you. They're saying, that, and they're saying that you're forbidding people to give tribute to Caesar. Is that true? Are you a king? Are you trying to steal allegiance from Caesar, the one true king? You know, so, so there's two accusations there. One's false and one's true. Jesus is a king. But he did not forbid people to give tribute to Caesar. Do you remember? What did Jesus say? Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Are you the king of the Jews? Are you trying to cause an insurrection, rebellion against Caesar? No, that's not what he's trying to do. 
What was Jesus' answer? Look at verse 34. Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Did you say this on your own accord? Pilate, are you asking me this question because you want to know? Or are you asking me this question because other people have told you this about me? What is Jesus getting at with this question? Jesus was pressing Pilate to get to his motives. He was pressing Pilate to get to his motives. Pilate was clearly bothered by Jesus. And Jesus was pressing him in these, in, with this question. Was he asking because he saw, was Pilate asking because he saw Jesus as a threat to Rome? Was Pilate asking because he was curious about Jesus? Was he curious if he was a king? Pilate's answer to Jesus' question, Jesus' question was, are you saying this on your own accord? Are you asking me this on your own? Or did someone else tell you this? Look at Pilate's answer. It tells you all you need to know about Pilate. Am I, look at verse 35, am I a Jew? Listen, your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? He's saying, look, Pilate's saying, listen, I am not a Jew. You are their problem. I'm just here to investigate what they are saying that you said about yourself. They said that you claim to be a king. Is that true, Jesus? Jesus says, okay, okay, I'll tell you straight who I am. Here's my answer. What was Jesus' answer? Jesus answered, verse 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. And Pilate says, ah, you have a kingdom, so so you are a king. You are a king. Pilate's baffled at this point. Do you see it? He was bothered, but now he's confused. He's, he's baffled. He's confused. So, so, so you are a king then. Pilate would have no context. And here's, here's where I think he's confused. Pilate would have no context for a kingdom that was not of this earth. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this earth. That's confusing to a man like Pilate. Pilate only understood a monarchy from a dictatorial perspective. He would have only understood from that lens of Caesar and ultimate authority and ultimate rule. Now, here's this man who the Jews is saying that he's saying that he's a king who is telling Pilate right now, yeah, I am, but my kingdom is not of this world. It's not of this earth. Pilate Pilate was confused. He had no category. Pilate had no category for this. My kingdom is not of this world. What does it even mean, not of this world? Pilate wouldn't have been the first person to be baffled by Jesus and his kingdom. The kingdom is a different priority. The kingdom is a backwards kingdom. The kingdom of God is not like earthly kingdoms and earthly rulers and earthly authorities. There were many people before Pilate that were confused about the kingdom of God. Jesus has to rebuke some zealous disciples in Luke 9 who did not understand the kingdom of God yet. Do you remember this, James and John? The sons of thunder, Luke 9, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him, and he went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him, because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire like Elijah to come down from heaven and consume them? Do you remember Elijah called down fire? So they're, they're, they're calling back on what Elijah did here, right? Hey, hey, these people aren't receiving us. The Samaritans aren't receiving us. Do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And he turned to them. He rebuked them. 
And they went on to another village. Hey, Jesus, they're not listening to you. They're not listening to us. Let's kill them. What an evangelistic strategy. They're not listening. Let's eliminate them. Let's take them out. Jesus says, no, that's not my kingdom. That's not how you do it. Do you remember another disciple? Peter, we saw it a few weeks earlier. He cut off the soldier's ear at, at Jesus' arrest. What does Jesus tell Peter, Matthew 26? Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Jesus is telling his disciples and he's telling Pilate, my kingdom rule is not because of imposed authority, though he could have. My kingdom is something you can't obtain through earthly might and power. My kingdom is in heaven, and my kingdom is in the hearts of men and women. So what's, what's the point? It's a backwards kingdom. Peter, Pilate was baffled by this. He couldn't understand this. This is why he didn't rise to the occasion. This is why he didn't rise to the occasion, because, because the Jews were annoying him. Jesus was a bother, and now Jesus is confusing. I don't understand that type of kingdom. It's a backwards kingdom. It's not what people are looking for. People, people that are in authority, it's, it's about what you can do. It's about what you can accomplish. It's about the might that you can exert over people, the victory that you can win over people, the victory that you can win. You know how Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls? He imposed his will over people. He's the GOAT. He is. The GOAT, the greatest of all time. He's the king of football. He was interviewed this week leading up to the Super Bowl. What's it going to take for the 49ers or the Chiefs to win? What's it going to take? Listen to what Tom Brady said. They're going to have to play well. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) It's the biggest stage. In order to achieve great things, you got to have great performance. And that comes down to doing it in the moment. You get one chance to do it. It's live. You're under pressure, and you got to get it done when it matters. From an earthly perspective, from the perspective of having earthly greatness, Brady's right. And Pilate could understand that. Pilate, Pilate and Brady would have been best buds. He and Tom would have given similar advice about power and greatness. you got to get it done. you got to accomplish it. But here's the reality that Pilate was failing to understand about the man who was standing in front of him is that he was not just a man. Jesus is king. He is king. Christ is king. Now, he wasn't the king the Jewish authorities were looking for because he upset their rule and their authority. He wasn't the king the disciples were expecting. They were expecting that strong monarchy, that strong authority from a king to get out of Roman authority. He wasn't the king that Pilate had any category for. And Pilate was baffled by that. Listen, and many people today are still baffled by Jesus, baffled by his words. And people will take Jesus, listen, people will take Jesus as an earthly ruler who that will give justice and meet everyone's earthly needs. They don't mind that type of Jesus. People want a king on their own terms. But Jesus is not that kind of king. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You come to Jesus on his terms. Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, give to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. 
rich young ruler. Luke 9, listen to this. Look at, look at Luke 9. As they were going along the road, someone said to Jesus, to the king, I will follow you wherever you go. Sounds good, doesn't it? I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus. Sounds like Peter a little bit. I'll go wherever. What's Jesus' answer? Really? You will? Hey, listen. Jesus said, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You want to follow me? The sleeping arrangements are not really good. We don't have any my pillows. Sleeping in the, in the desert here. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. I, I want to get my inheritance. Hey, I'll come follow you. I'll come follow you, but my dad's got to die first so I can have some money so we can have a better hotel room. I heard what you said about the sleeping arrangements. Hey, let my dad die. I'll get an inheritance. Let me bury him first, and then we'll, we'll, then we'll, be, in, we'll, we'll be in good shape. Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Wow, listen to this. Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Christ is king. And he is the ultimate authority. And Christ's kingdom is spiritually active today. And one day he will return to establish his physical reign in the millennial kingdom. But until that day, the kingdom of God dwells in the hearts of men and women who bow their knee to his lordship. And this is why Pilate is bothered and baffled. He's, he's impatient. He's confused. It's because he doesn't see Jesus as the king that he is. He doesn't realize that the authority that he has was given to him by Jesus. That Jesus is allowing him to do what he is doing. Pilate didn't understand that kind of king. He was bothered by that kind of king. And he was confused, baffled by that kind of king. Bothered, baffled. And he couldn't bear that kind of king. Jesus was unbearable to Pilate. That's what we see. The last thing we see is that Pilate could not bear to hear the voice of truth. He was bothered by Jesus, baffled by Jesus, and Pilate could not bear to hear the voice of truth. Look back to the text. Jesus answered Pilate, you say, verse 37, that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus responds to Pilate. Jesus leans in. Okay, I know you're confused. Let me clarify for you who I really am. Pilate is irritated. Pilate has no category for the king and the kingdom that Jesus is declaring. Jesus drills down a little further. He says, you say I'm a king. You're right. I was born for this purpose. I have come into this world for this purpose. To do what? Jesus says, to testify to the truth. Definite article, the truth. To testify to the truth. To bear witness to the truth. Jesus, in essence, is saying to Pilate, you are right. I am a king. I am the king of truth. My eternal purpose was to come and bear witness to that truth. 
You know, the only kind of truth that Pilate understood was political truth. You know political truth, right? It's the kind of truth that fluctuates like the wind. The kind of truth you can't get your arms around, that kind of truth. That's, that's, that's political truth. For Pilate, his only truth was expedient truth. Truth that would help him maintain and keep his power. That was his truth. Jesus says, no, I came to testify to the truth. To objective truth, not political truth. Jesus spoke in objective terms. He spoke about absolute truths. And then he drills down even further. Listen to what he says. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Listens to me. Those who are on the side of truth listens to my voice. This is next level in Pilate's mind. This is next level. Jesus is not just saying that he is a witness to truth. He's not just saying that he's witnessed as people speaking truthful things. He is saying that he is the truth. Jesus said that, John 14. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said in John 10, verse 7, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus is the door. He is the way. And those who listen to his voice are following the way of truth. In this conversation that Jesus is having with Pilate, he's not coming to bring peace to Pilate. He's coming to bring disruption to Pilate. He's coming to bring a sort of division between truth and error. And he boldly declared to Pilate that his voice was the voice of truth. And here's the reality today. I want you to lean in closely to this. I want you to hear this. Here's the truth about today. The world in which you live in that I live in today. Here's the truth. People are either on the side of truth or they align themselves with lies. It's, there's no middle ground. You're either on the side of truth or you are on the side of lies. If you deny Christ, if someone in this world denies Christ, rejects Christ, despises his word, they are on the side of Satan, who is the father of lies. That's the truth. That is the stark reality of the world in which we live in. Truth and lies. And the thing about Christianity is that Jesus didn't give an option for people to step into Christianity halfway. That's the thing about a lot of false religious systems that are out there. That's the thing about a lot of false views of Christianity is that people believe lies that they can put one foot into Christianity and keep another foot in the world. No, 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 no. You're either with Christ or you're against him. You're either on the side of truth, you're on the side of Satan. It's really that simple. And this is what Jesus is leaning into here. He starts, he's saying, hey, hey, Pilate, what, did you come up with that on, on your own? Are you interested in me? Or, do you want to know more about me? Jesus already knows his heart. He knows what's in every man's heart. This is why Jesus begins to drill down with Pilate, begins to drill the hole a little deeper, and he's telling Pilate, listen, listen, I am truth. I am the voice of truth, and those who want to be on the side of truth, Pilate, are you really after truth in this, Pilate? Are you after truth? I don't think you're after truth. You don't want to know truth. You're bothered by me. I'm confusing you about my kingdom, but I don't really think you're after truth. But, but let me tell you the truth. I am the truth. And when I speak, you hear truth. I'm the voice of truth. Pilate didn't like that. 
And not everyone likes the truth. Messages that talk about the truth are not popular. Not only in church, but in the culture. Everyone, why? Why? Because everyone has their own version of the truth. There were two men who had a legal dispute, went to court. They brought their case before the judge. One man made his case. I mean, he laid out all the facts and all the details and all the reality of what took place, and he's making his case to the judge, and when he's done, he said all he wants to say, and, and he's made his case. The, the judge says, that's right, that's right, that makes sense. Then the second man says, wait a minute, you didn't hear my side. The second man gets up and says, gives all his facts, gives all his realities and all his truths and lays it all out, and he feels good about himself when he's done. He, disprove the other guy and the judge says that's right that's right that makes sense the clerk of court says i can't deal with this so he jumped up and he jumped up and said judge they can't both be right the judge says that's right that's right makes sense makes sense we we live in a postmodern world that resists universal absolute truths Timeless truths are replaced with personal preferences and cultural ethics. Or you could say it, timeless truths are replaced with personal preferences and situational ethics. In a postmodern world, people cannot bear with the truth because people cannot bear with the truth that is Jesus Christ. Pilate didn't have time. He had time. Get him out of my court. Deal with him yourself. Okay, fine. You're not going to do it. You're going to abide by the law now. Okay, I'll talk to him. Then he was confused by Jesus. He talked to him, and he's baffled, confused. What do you, what, what, what do you mean by all of this? So what's Pilate's response to Jesus' bold declaration about who he is and about truth? Look at our text, last verse, John 18, 38. What is Pilate going to say, Pilate said to him, what is truth? Think about that for a moment. Truth embodied, truth in the flesh, is declaring himself to Pilate. And Jesus looks at truth And I don't know, people have said that Pilate may not have been sarcastic, he may not have been angry, he may not have been all those things, but I I, I beg to differ. I think Pilate was all of those things. I think he says, what is truth? What is truth? You're talking about truth. What's what's truth? I'm an expedient man. I'm all about expediency. I'm all about political truth. What is truth? There's no truth. Kent Hughes says this about Pilate. Pilate was not joking. He was sarcastic, perhaps, but he was unsmiling. He was a materialist, hungrily pursuing the fantasies of power, celebrity status, and sensual satisfaction. In his question, listen, in his question, in his question, we can know that he did not truly want an answer because he did not wait for one. When Pilate says, what is truth? He didn't, that was not a true answer, that was not a true question. He didn't wait for one. So what's the point? The point is that Pilate missed the point. Pilate missed the point. Here's another point. Here's a take-home point. In Pilate, we have the big categories of all those who reject Jesus. Here's the big categories of all the reasons why people 
reject Jesus. Some people are bothered by Jesus. Jesus, I don't have time for him. Many people reject Jesus because I'm just too busy. I don't have time for Jesus, for church, for religion. I got a career to pursue, hobbies to pursue. So they reject Jesus because they're bothered by him. There's many people in the world today, they're baffled by Jesus. Why are they baffled? Because Jesus, in his declarations about truth, are not who they're looking for. They're looking for a Jesus that they can, that they can mold and shape into their own image. They create their own version of Christianity. Okay, well, I like that Jesus, but when the real Jesus is let loose, when the Bible is opened, and the words of Jesus are actually read and spoken, wait, 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 I'm, I'm confused. That's not the Jesus I'm interested in. People reject Jesus at that point. And here's another reason some people cannot bear to hear the voice of truth. And this is why people reject, because the truth of Jesus is offensive to their modern way of thinking. And they reject Jesus. Oh, we're too sophisticated now. We, we have AI, right? We can talk to our phones and get information. You know, it's so interesting. When we are asking questions about things, we're in a group of people, and we ask questions, and we all have our phones in our pocket, and we're trying to figure out the answer. Oh, yeah, I can just grab my phone and get an answer. That, that has caused us, that has caused us to, to actually think that we are smarter than we really are. We're, we're smarter than God, we think. We can have an answer to anything in the world. We just talk to AI, talk to our phone. We can get any answer that we want. We become too smart for our own good. We, we, we outsmart ourselves. We, we think we don't need God. We're too f- sophisticated. We're bothered. We're baffled. We're, we're too sophisticated. The point is this. Here, listen, here's the point. The phone is ringing. Pilot, the phone is ringing, Pilot. And the boss is walking through the office right now, buddy. And some people have their feet up on the desk and are acting like nothing serious is going on. And what did Pilate say? He said, it's not my responsibility. That's what he said, right? And there are people that live today, they do the same thing. Their feet is up on the desk. Creation is ringing loudly that there's a God. The gospel being declared and proclaimed is ringing loudly, but, but loudly, but their feet are up on the desk. They're acting like nothing serious is going on. It's not my responsibility. So here's what we end with. Don't fail to understand the seriousness of the moment. Don't fail to see Christ for who he is. And don't fail to respond correctly to Jesus. Amen? Answer the phone. Answer the phone. Bow the knee to Jesus. If you're here today and you've never bowed the knee to Christ as King, bow your knee today. Quit acting as if you can do this life on your own. Quit, act, quit acting as if you don't need God or you don't need forgiveness. Quit thinking you can atone for your own sins. Christ is king. Surrender to him today. Amen.